As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to Spin Rain, presented by Topps. Check out Topps Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Topps baseball cards. That's right. This is Spin Rate, the Athletics Toronto Blue Jays podcast. My name is Drew Fairservice, and we are so excited to talk with you about your Toronto Blue Jays here in the middle of what has been a crazy week, just like we thought it was going to be. Tuesday night, the Blue Jays fall to the Yankees. Disappointing fashion. Wednesday night, unbelievable. Rush out to a 4-0 lead. Slowly give it back, only to have Bo Bichette save the day with his second home run of the night. Great moment. 30,000 people are there about losing their minds at the Rogers Center. Great scenes. And here, recording this on Thursday afternoon, fingers crossed, there's a big game tonight. If you want to know, if you want to read all about that big game, these big games, this big week, in Blue Jays history. There's no better place to do it than The Athletic. You want to go to theathletic.com slash spin rate and subscribe. Read everything that Caitlin writes about the Blue Jays, that Lindsay Adler writes about the Yankees, that Ken Rosenthal and Andy McCullough and everybody write about the league as a whole. It's a crazy, this is a great time to be a baseball fan. This is an unbelievable race coming down with four teams vying for those two wild card spots. So go to theathletic.com slash spin rate and subscribe. It is also a good time to subscribe to the podcast. If I had my way, we'd be making playoff shows in a week. Don't know if that's going to happen or not, but there's no reason for you not to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. If it's on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Podbean, anything like that, subscribe. Give us a rating. Give us a review. Hook us up. Help me help you talk about the Blue Jays. And I can't be more excited is that a question it's not a good one to talk to mike Axisa of cbs sports formerly and still temporarily or still partially of river avenue blues about the new york yankees the bronx bombers we had a great chat talking about the yankees who are if nothing else interesting they are an interesting club an interesting bunch having an interesting and very unusual season currently Locked in battle with your Toronto Blue Jays. Who knows what's going to happen 
in the next 24 and then, I don't know, 96 hours? How many days is 96 hours? That's, uh, that's four days. So maybe even another day after that. The whole season hangs in the balance. I know you're excited. I know you're probably a little bit nervous if you're a big Blue Jays fan. So why don't you listen to me talk with Mike about the Yankees, the Blue Jays, and the wild card race. And then we'll talk to you on the weekend. But for now, enjoy this edition of Spin Rate. His name is Mike Aziz. Mike, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Sure. Happy to come on. This is, uh, well, it's been quite a week here. We are recording on <laughs> Thursday afternoon before the Blue Jays and Yankees conclude their season series with the third game um, of this, what is a pivotal series in the wild card race. But for you know Blue Jays fans who have only kind of seen the Yankees here and there, uh, this has been quite a weird year and a weird like last month or so. I, I know I don't know what to make of the Yankees. What can you let me know that I might be missing about this year's weird Yankee squad? Yeah, weird is a good word. They've been, I don't want to, I hate when people say that a team is not consistent because consistent is like not a thing in baseball. But they've been so up and down. I mean, they won 13 in a row. Then they follow that up by going like 2-11 and 11 in their next 13. And then last week they go on this like seven-game winning streak where Stanton's hitting these insanely huge home runs. And not just long home runs, but like these incredibly clutch home runs. And, and the pitching has been so good all year. And then you get a game like last night where a drop pop-up winds up being a, you know, a crucial kind of play there in the game. And uh, they're, they're kind of all over the place. And it feels like every night they have to not just beat the other team, but maybe overcome a mistake that they make themselves. Uh, but, I mean, they're talented. They're also underperforming. You know, I think if you would have told me before the season, they would be kind of rolling around in the mud for the second wild card spot. I would have been, I would have guessed a lot more has gone wrong than, than actually has so far. Yeah, the weird kind of sloppy games. I mean, the Sunday night game against the Red Sox was kind of like an instant classic, of course, with a huge uh, Giancarlo Stanton home run. Uh, but, uh, you know, the Yankees repeating then what they did repeat here on uh, during the week against the Blue Jays, you know, drop pop-ups, kind of sloppy defensive play, um, you know, sort of, sort of ill-timed mistakes. But they do have so much talent, they're over to, able to overcome it. I mean, again, as you said, if you had to, if I told you or you told me at the beginning of the season that Stanton and Judge were going to be putting together this kind of incredible season cumulatively, you'd think the Yankees would be home and cooled by uh, you know the end of September. Yeah, they stayed healthy. You know, Stanton missed like two weeks early in the season with the quad, and Judge was on the COVID list for ten days. They've been healthy all year. They've been great. The pitching has been incredible. You know, I looked yesterday; they were still leading the league in ERA. They're first in ERA plus. The pitching has been so good. Stan and Judge are doing what they have to do, but they're still underperforming because, I mean, there's just so many guys in the lineup just not having the years. They're not terrible years, but they're not the years that the Yankees were expecting. You look at LeMahieu, Gleyber Torres, they just kind of stopped hitting for power this year. And, and that's been a big problem because there were times earlier the season where basically if Judge and Stanton didn't do anything, the Yankees just didn't score. And that's kind of turning now. Shell is starting to get a little bit, he, he was on the injured list for a bit and, Came back, he wasn't really like himself, but he's starting to hit now. LeMahieu's been better, even though he's playing hurt. Torres has been better, even though he's not hitting home runs. It's just uh, like up and down the lineup. It's been standing judge, two best hitters by far. And then everyone else is like, you know, chipping a couple hits here. But there's there's not really like the Blue Jays lineup or like one through five or one through six. It's like this guy could take you out of the park at any second. 
they're not really going to strike out a ton either. The Yankees don't really have that. It's kind of like a two-headed monster there. And whatever the other guys can contribute, uh, that then great. You know, that, then that's just kind of like icing on the cake or whatever, judging Stan. You know. There's never a dull moment when it comes to this Yankees team <laughs> in particular, I feel like. Well, I mean, because you, you look at, you talk about the pitching. The pitching has been so good. You know, Garrett Cole is definitely in the Cy Young conversation. You know, one of the two, three best, you know, front runners for the award. But then again, it's like, didn't have a great start against Boston. Was okay, uh, you know, Wednesday night against the Blue Jays. They've got this Chapman coming in. He's throwing this this splitter change-up thing now. But then the sticky stuff band comes in, and then Chapman's like a completely different guy. You know, Chad Green, you know, is, is hurt, and then he's okay. Loizaga emerges as an amazing, just an unbelievable, like, create-a-player robot. And then he gets hurt. Like, it's just, uh, you know, they've been able to, I think, on the pitching side, overcome a lot of weirdness. Again, that's the recurring theme of this team just something bad happens and then something great happens and then something bad happens and then something great happens yeah mccall he really hasn't looked like himself since his hamstring injury earlier this month you know he got hurt he left that game with the blue jays after i think it was the fourth inning and it wasn't bad enough to go on the injured list but he missed the start and he came back and he, he hasn't been horrible but he hasn't just he just hasn't really been himself you know his first start back it was it was like five innings against the orioles but he needed like 108 pitches to kind of grind through it and and last night you saw they were like all over his fastball. The slider wasn't really competitive. It was out of the zone for really easy takes. And he threw a fastball in the zone, it got hammered. He just hasn't really been right. But even then, like a bad Garrett Cole start isn't like horrible. It's not like he's mm-hmm. bailing after two innings. You know, he got them through six innings last night. The bullpen right now looks nothing like the bullpen the Yankees expected. You know, you got Chapman in the ninth inning, but he hasn't been dominant. I mean, he was fantastic for like the first six weeks. He was like as good as any reliever I've ever seen. And then he just kind of lost it there. Um, he's been better lately. Not great, but he's still the closer in the ninth inning. Minutes Luizaga and Clay Holmes. I know Holmes gave up the home run last night, but he's been great overall. And Wandy Peralta. And now Michael King and Luis Severino came back from their injuries. And they're throwing the ball great. This The bullpen looks nothing like what the Yankees expected. and But there's enough arms down, down there right now where I mean, it's the best bullpen they've had all season, especially with Severino looking as good as he have. Michael King, he was like a starter earlier this season because they needed him to start, but he was he was like just okay in that role. He's throwing a lot harder out of the bullpen. He's just like a different animal. It's kind of like one of those wildest guys made for the bullpen situations, and I think he's just going to wind up staying there. So they've always had enough arms. That pitching has been the constant all season. It hasn't always gone according to plan, but it's been good throughout. That's why I feel like if they get into the postseason – if Cole is Cole, which is a little bit of a question now after the hamstring, but as long as he's hit, he's who he needs to be, they have enough arms in the bullpen and enough starter options in general that they could really piece things together. I'm not too worried about the pitching. It's just a question of whether anyone other than Judge or Stanton will hit consistently. We'll be right back with more spin rate. But first, check this out. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, I believe his name is actually pronounced Louis Seferino. I don't know if you're <laughs> familiar with that. Uh, but he looked so good the other night against the Blue Jays. And he he's doing a thing, and, and I'm not sure if it was mentioned uh, on the broadcast, but the Yankees throwing a ton of like right on right changeups, and it's easy to do when you are you know Luis Seferino or or uh, Severino, excuse me, or or Garrett Cole, and your changeups <laughs> like ninety. But you know, I think I don't think the Yankees get enough credit for being sort of like a like a pretty I don't know innovative is the word, but they definitely have an idea what they're doing, and they have a they seem to have a philosophy uh, as an organization. It's not just what uh, maybe some folks outside of New York think, where they just throw money at people and they bring these guys in. Like they seem to have a pretty consistent attack with all these big armed guys that have different bodies. Obviously, Luis is little, and and everybody else because Brian Cashman is a GM is huge. But I, I don't know is, is, is that is that an off base to say that they seem to really have a, a good plan and, and kind of execute as a as an organization. Yeah, I think so. You know, I was I was just writing something about the changeups uh, the other day, and it's been a constant throughout the season. Even Corey Kluber, who was never really a changeup guy with Cleveland, he's throwing his changeup more uh, now than ever. And you look at the guys they picked up at the trade deadline with Wandy Peralta, just like endlessly spams hitters with changeups. You know, they had a game in Atlanta a few weeks ago. It's like bases loaded, Freddie Freeman's at the plate, and he threw him five straight changeups. You know, that's just you don't really see something like that. And I think it's. You know, looking at the changeups, the biggest increase in changeup usage, uh, I looked from like 2000, from 2018 and 19, from to 2020, 21, I'm sorry, that like two year gap there. The biggest increases in changeups, it was the Yankees, the Brewers, and the Giants. So I figure that's some pretty good company there. The Giants know what they're doing. The Brewers know what they're doing. So it seems like there's something here. And I don't know if it's the changeup specifically, but it seems like the, the, the movement pro- profile is the bigger kind of idea here. They want pitches that sink down and go away because they're throwing a lot of changeups and a lot of sinkers too with Holmes and Wysaga, El Peralta as well. It seems like, you know, after years of these elevated fastballs and four seamers with high spin, everybody's kind of, you know, that was the thing a few years ago. And now it's, we're going to, okay, we're going to start throwing stuff that moves down and away. And maybe that's a foreign substance thing. Maybe it's just, you know, the natural kind of development of the game. But the Yankees are always kind of ahead of curve on this. They were the mm-hmm. forefront of pitcher of catcher framing years ago. The launch angle thing, they were way ahead of everybody else on that as well. And it seems like the changeup approach, the changeups and sinkers is kind of the new thing. And they've remade the bullpen on the fly at the trade deadline. And this is just kind of who they are now. It's Severino too. You know, he never really had a changeup before. It was a good changeup. It wasn't like this great third pitch. And he comes back from Tommy John. It's the best changeup I've ever seen him throw. And went to George Springer in a 3-2 count the other night. Like, he would have never done that before. But, you know, the Yankees, they have this philosophy, and they've been very good at getting the players to buy in, and it's it's worked for them. That change up to a Springer was insane. That was nasty. Yeah. That that again with if you can get a couple you know, multiple innings out of Severino or and then even Luizaga, who's kind of I maybe moved away from being a multiple inning guy, um, just because they've really ramped up his uh, leverage as the season's gone along. Um, the Yankees, I, I think I would agree with you. The Yankees are are. A scary team uh, when it comes to a short series or even a one game, a one game playoff. Uh, before we we talk about that, I do want to mention something else at the trade deadline. Of course, if regular listeners to this show know how um, adamant I was, the Blue Jays needed to go out of their way to acquire Joey Gallo, and lo, 
the Yankees sweep <laughs> swoop in and grab him for a uh, a big package of prospects. I think that kind of belie the this is how this is guy's ordinal ranking. He was number twenty two, and this guy, but obviously the, a lot of the Yank the prospects the Yankees moved in that Texas trade um, were guys that really showed a lot of improvement and really changed you know their kind of uh, their trajectory here in this season, but. It's safe to say that Joey Gallo has been a pretty big disappointment in New York, not just at the plate, but now in the field. This last week has been uh, has been terrible. What what do you think about the a decision to acquire Gallo and now and b how he's performed uh, here there in New York? Well, the decision to acquire him, I mean, I was completely understood. I think their left field production was so bad earlier this season. The offense and the defense it was just horrible. You know, it was it was going to be. Uh, kind of like it was going to be Clint Frazier early in the season and he didn't really hit and then he got hurt. And then it was Miguel Andujar, who's not an outfielder. And Aaron Hicks got hurt and Britt Gardner had to play every day. So he had these like two below average outfield spots. They had like no left-handed hitters of note. So Gallo made sense there, even though, you know, Yankees don't really need another high strikeout hitter. That's kind of a problem already, but Gallo does enough other things that you could kind of overlook that. And, you know, the package they gave up, it was a bunch of good prospects, but none of their top prospects. It made perfect mm-hmm. sense from that kind of perspective. And, you know, the defensive things, they, they just started. You know, he's been pretty good in the outfield the entire time with the Yankees, except for, like, these past, like, four games when he's had these two drop pop-ups. That's, that's <laughs> I feel like that's, like, an anomaly. That's not really, mm-hmm. like, Joey Gallo. That's just kind of a bad thing that happens. I mean, at the plate, he's been Joey Gallo. He's been up and down. He's had some really ugly cold streaks. And then he had a stretch where he hit like six home runs in eight games or whatever it was. So that's that's just kind of who Joey Gallo is. It's like the most efficient baseball player in the world. When he gets a hit, it's a home run. If he doesn't get a hit, he either walks or strike out. It's, you know, there's like no kind of like gray area there. It's one of the three. And that's just who he's been. And, you know, sure, the Yankees were hoping he'd hit more than he has, but it's not like he's been killing them you know the defense has been good up until these last few days he's hit enough home runs which is what they got him to do and he's added the balance to the lineup I think there was a couple times not this past Red Sox series but the one before that where just having the lefty in the lineup to kind of force the Red Sox into making some decisions with their pitching where otherwise they would have just left their hard-throwing righty in to face the Yankees but they made some changes and it worked out for the Yankees and so yeah he hasn't hit as much as they would like but otherwise I mean it made sense to pick him up and and, you know, certainly they're expecting him to be better next year, but you know, he's been okay this year. It is, uh, it's a bit of a tough sell, uh, uh, the profile like Gallows, to, especially to like the, um, maybe how, what we describe as the casual fan. Yeah. You know, while we can sit here and be like, well, he walks a lot and he's a terrific fielder and a great base runner and he hits a lot of home runs. It's also like, yo, he strikes out a lot and dropped those two balls. I'm not going to forget that. Although he has helped to usher in what, uh, uh, I saw described as the Italian, multiple Italian <laughs> flags in the upper deck era of uh, Yankees baseball, which I think we can all appreciate the, the, the Italian uh, memes and uh, the, the, the emojis that have been flying around uh, Yankees Twitter and places like that since the trade deadline. Yeah. And when he hits a home run, when him or Rizzo hits a home run and the yes network cuts the commercial, they'll play the Godfather theme. So it's, it's been a good, it's been a real good pickup from that, uh, from that kind of just like fun story perspective. You you can put it all put up you can talk all you want about catching uh, you know high pop flies in, in the shallow outfield but you can't put a price on a good meme <laughs> let me tell you now what is, all this adds up to the Yankees currently sitting in the driver's seat in yeah. the wild card race uh, you, know, I, you know even though after Wednesday night's a dramatic 
lost to the Toronto Blue Jays. So taking off maybe your Yankees hat and putting on your national guy hat, what do you think is going to come out of all this mess with the Blue Jays, the Red Sox, the Yankees, and even the Mariners, the cursed Mariners yeah. refuse to go away? What What do you, I mean, we've, there's only, when we're talking only four games left in the season, the Mariners only have three left. What's going to happen? What do you, what are you going to see come Sunday night? It's kind of cruel that the Mariners and they're like minus 50 run differential are right there with the Blue Jays. And, you know, last time I looked, they were like fourth in the, the league and run differential. That's kind of screwed up. But, you know, part of it is just like the Mariners kind of play in like this like ridiculous division with just one other good team. And the AL East is going to make have it might have four ninety win teams here. Mm-hmm. I think that the Yankees are in a good spot as they're in the driver's seat. The schedule is not in their favor at all. I mean, the Blue Jays are going to play the Warriors. The Red Sox are going to play the Nationals. The Mariners, I think they're playing the Angels, and they're not starting mm-hmm. Otani. Mm-hmm. So the Yankees go home, they play the Rays. I mean, the, yes, the Rays clinched, but, like, the Rays, like, if they keep the Yankees out of the postseason, they'll hang a banner. It's, like, a big thing for them. <laughs> so, like, so that's a, that's a real disadvantage. At the same time, they are in the driver's seat. Even if they... You know, if they, certainly if they win tonight's game, you know, it won't be easy with the whole Robbie Ray, Corey Kluber thing. But if they win tonight, you go into the weekend where you don't need to sweep Tampa. You don't really need the Orioles and the Nationals to help you. Then they'll be in good shape. Now, tonight's game is like it's it's obviously bigger for the Blue Jays because they're trailing. But if the Yankees lose tonight, and they go into the weekend needing to either sweep Tampa or get help from one of those really bad teams that are like disinterested in winning. That's kind of a problem for them. But I think... I mean, the Red Sox, I don't know. They, they're, they're a very, like, weird team. They'll go on stretches where they just look like they won't lose, and they go on stretches where they look like they're just – they look like they play like they did last year. And I still feel like the Blue Jays are the best team here, but we're also 159 games into the season, and they are where they are in the standings. At some point, mm-hmm. you just kind of are what you are. Uh, I think if the Blue Jays win tonight, they'll be in good shape to – maybe not make the second wildcard spot, but at least be there right to the end. Maybe they force a tiebreaker. If the Yankees lose tonight, I would start to worry a little bit because this weekend, the schedule is really not in their favor and they're not going to have Cole. If Cole pitches again, he'll be on short rest on Sunday. And that's, that's not great. More spin rate coming up right after these words from our sponsors. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash. Or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant. Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. 
Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The idea of the Rays going to playing out the string and already have clinched the best record in the American League, I think that's less relevant now in the 28-man roster era. Yeah. They, they can't send in the clowns, right? They, they, there are only so many guys that they can sit, and maybe they'll try to get some extra rest for their pitchers, but they're still the Rays. It's not like they send anybody marching them out there for seven or eight innings at a time anyway. And I also <laughs> sickly can't help but wonder, I think the Orioles have clinched the worst record in baseball, so now they have nothing to lose. They've, they have had nothing <laughs> to play for in a, in, a, in a reverse incentive way, so now they maybe can go out there go out there and win. But the other thing I think that you're right, the teams are who they are. And I think that uh, uh, Tuesday night's game against the the Yankees Blue Jays game was really emblematic of like the Blue Jays season where they look good. Everything's kind of firing on all cylinders. And then that little Rizzo like dump shot into left field. That was in a very, excuse me, swing, a beautiful pitch, you know, like executed exactly as you'd want to do. And then Corey Dickerson comes up throwing and hits the runner square in the back, right? Even though he looked like he could, would have been out by 10 feet, but the throw hits, hits the runner, like bad execution, bad luck, good execution, bad outcome, like all the things that kind of combine to put the Blue Jays where they are compared to, as you mentioned, the Mariners who are not as good a team, but they're right there. So it's, it's going to be ugly. And, and I, the other thing, the Red Sox, the, you use the word weird, which we've been using for the Yankees. The Red Sox are weird in all the other ways. The Red Sox, the Yankees look like they should be much better. And the Red Sox look like they should be much worse. But yeah. at the same time, the 159 games into the season, I feel like I would be a fool to expect them to suddenly just like turn into a pumpkin overnight. This, they got too many things going for them for them to just go away in, in a weekend series against the Nationals. Well, yeah, and then they, but then they lose a Chris Sale start to the Orioles, and you're like, what, what the hell's going on here? You know, the Orioles, hey, they sent Cedric Mullins on Sunday, I think, specifically so he could be rested for these six games, so they're not completely, like, throwing in the towel there. I kind of respect that, but, yeah, I mean, the Orioles, the Nationals, they're like, this is like the last week of school for them. They're just ready to get this all over with and go on vacation, uh, you know, the but the Blue Jays, it's, you know, as much as I've watched them this season, it, you're right. It seems like it's just like one thing per game, which is like kind of unravels for them. Like the home run Stanton hit the other night. Like there's like nobody else in the game who can hit that pitch like that. It was not a bad pitch at all. You know, it was the pitch that like in the perfect world, the hitter would just take and take the walk. Instead, Stanton puts it in the second deck there. And that's just the kind of thing like you can't, what do you, what do, you do if you're the Blue Jays? You just, you can't. Like you didn't, it's not like an execution problem. It's not anything. It's just kind of, okay, well, guy did that. What are you going to do? And uh, I think the Blue Jays, though, with their offense, they have, I mean, at least when when healthy, they got four above average starters. I think Ryu, I know, hasn't really been good lately. But on paper, they have four above average starters, and they should be better than they have. The Red Sox are the opposite. You know, I you look at their pitching, it's like, how like how is this working out? How did this work out for so long? Mm-hmm. But it did. So now they're a game out. And the other problem for the Yankees is the Blue Jays have the tiebreaker. The Red Sox have the tiebreaker. So they need to finish ahead of these teams to host the wild card game. And maybe that's not a big deal for them. But I mean, if you're going to play a winner take all game, you want to play it in your own ballpark. And so they got to finish clear ahead of these teams, not just tie them. So it's one game lead on paper, but like not really. You know, they, they need to stay ahead of them, not just tie them. 
Mike, where can the people find you and your work? And if there's anything you've got coming up or just that you recently published that you want to get a plug in, please take this time to do exactly that. Yeah, cbsports.com slash LLB. That's, that's the nine to five there. The Patreon is patreon.com slash R-A-B thoughts. And then on Twitter, just Mike Exisa. It's A-X-I-S-A. And that's really it. I don't have anything coming up yet that I want to plug, but you know, the postseason is kind of a kind of a different animal there. So I'm sure they'll have plenty on both sites in the coming weeks. His name is Mike Exisa. We're so glad to ha- to to connect. I was in my DMs sending you a message, and we last did this seven years ago. <laughs> and uh, many things have changed. The Blue Jays were good for a minute in there, but uh, it's always great to reconnect. Mike, thanks so much for your time. Sure, happy to do it. Thank you for listening to this edition of Spin Rate. I hope if you're listening to this on Thursday, you are able to find that balance between the stuff we talked about at the end of Monday's show, uh, taking the time for the National Day of Truth and Reconciliation, but also getting really excited for this really important Blue Jays game. Uh, Wednesday night's game was incredible, as we discussed. So hope if you're fired up for baseball, you're able to get fired up for this game and then looking ahead to the weekend series against the Orioles. I hope this doesn't age poorly by the time you hear this, if the season is not lost, but you never know. So again, we'll talk to you on the weekend when then Caitlin and I will know the Blue Jays fate. I don't know it right now. Fingers crossed. We have a lot to talk about on the next edition of Spin Rate.